This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Welcome to War Games. We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Hi, everybody. Welcome to War Games. It's Joe Ingram, your host, and today your trainer. So what I am going to tell you is that I'm currently sitting at a client. So I don't have this really spacious two-story conference room. But uh, so I am sitting at a client's today. One of the things I want to do is, again, you know, my goal is to keep it under 30 minutes and provide you with some value. So I want to talk to you guys today about status quo bias. Okay, and what is status quo bias? So I'm going to go ahead and add Netta up to the uh, screen because she is here. Brian was here just a second ago. And so note nowhere Brian ran off to. But I will tell you that um, when you look at the status quo bias, what is that? It's a person's preference, like their innate preference, what they want to do as far as staying with what they want. Have you ever thought of you trying to switch from one brand of something to another or from one vendor to another. And so when you look at that, what are the things that you have to go through? And so people have this desire to stick with what they have, even if what they have is not good enough. And so a lot of times what you're going to find is that the people that are trying to hold back and the people that you are trying to sell to are busy and what they're busy doing is not making a decision, okay? And it's easier to not actually make that decision. So I will hold back from making a decision on something because it's easier than deciding yes or no, which vendor do I want to go to? And so you have to sit back and decide. If you understand this, and this is what the whole goal of today is, is I want you guys to sit back. Yes, I know. There's, there's Ron Siegel. He preferred Netta was talking than me. So <laughs> we'll look at that. Now he's going to say, Margo can talk too. But what I want you to understand is your client are going is going through status quo bias. So the people you're trying to sell to are sitting back and telling themselves 
that I'd rather stay with what I'm doing because choosing a new vendor with ramp up time, with getting to know that vendor, is that going to be worth me spending all that extra effort and time and potentially more money? So they would prefer to continue on the path they're already on, even if the their objective is to say, I want an alternative person to help me with this kind of stuff. So, but yes, thank you. Tyler defended me, Ron Siegel. You couldn't even let me get through four minutes before you started asking for something else. So um, when you look at this and say, okay, you know, I love playing the game with people's minds and understanding exactly what it is that makes them them tick and what they do. So when you look at the, the, the core of the status quo bias, it's about safety. It's about them sitting back and saying, well, you know what? I've already gone through this drama with this vendor. I've already gone through all that. And what if I switch vendors and it fails? What if I go to somebody else and in me going to somebody else causes me to lose out? So when you stop and look and say status quo bias in a sales arena, they may not even have somebody that does what you do. But the fact of you, them sitting back saying, okay, th this is an amazing stat. And I want you guys to understand this part too, right? So I'm going to go through all of the different parts of the status quo thing and then how we're going to overcome it. But 60% of the deals in your pipeline are lost with no decision, not purchased elsewhere. So if you go through, you never heard back from these people. You've sent emails, you've sent texts, you've sent calls. You've done all of these things, but you have no answer back. If somebody answered you back and said, hey, I bought elsewhere. Hey, Cargo Margo, I actually got my cargo sent out by somebody else. I did. That would at least give you the option of knowing <laughs> that, hey, I did this. I don't have to keep participating. Right. In the automotive space, we're looking for 20 percent close rate on Internet leads. That means an 80 percent failure rate. But when you go into the system, we say, OK, who who ate our lunch? Who got that? And then we we never hear back from anybody to know. So technically, that person's out in the no decision world. We don't know that because when we get a hold of somebody, they go, will you just stop calling, texting, emailing me? And if you stop calling, texting, and emailing me, I'll tell you it's because I purchased with a different vendor, right? Or what we hear in the automotive space, welcome, Brian. What we hear in the automotive space is, well, I went back to the brand I had before. So they're going to stick with the brand and you're, we're trying to conquest people and try to get other people to come into our world. So if I look and say, hey, I want to conquest people in real estate, right? Then I have to jump out and somebody in real estate is going to go, has he taught real estate before? Does he know real estate? Can he speak the lingo? Right? If not, they're going to get stuck in the, we continued with what we had, even if the potential was better. Okay. I will tell you right now, if we look at Brian and thanks for jumping on Brian, when you look at facial analysis on what Brian does, that is something totally different to people. And that when you stop and look and go, oh, I can tell you how to look at somebody and how to sell them and how to do it. That's still to a lot of people. They go, I don't know. That's kind of scary because what if my team doesn't get it? What if I pay Brian and come in to do all this stuff and then none of them use it? Right. And that that goes back to that same thing that I usually talk about and say, 
what what does the CEO say is that we need to train our people? And the CFO says, well, why do you want to train our people if they're just going to leave anyway? And the CEO comes back and says, but what if we don't train them and they stay? Right. Then I got a whole bunch of mediocrity around me that we aren't investing in and it's not getting to that point. But 60 percent of the deals and if you guys are all using CRM tools, go into it and see how many are marked loss for purchase elsewhere. Right. And you'll find that most of them are marked off as lost with no response or inactive. They went the other way because a lot of people, especially if you're going business to business. Right. Sixty percent of the deals in the pipeline are lost to no decision because I never got feedback. I never got an answer back. You may have waited too long to answer their initial inquiry. Right. Speed of the lead. Speed to the lead is one of the biggest determining factors on whether or not you get considered for whatever pro, whatever product you're selling. If somebody sends me a message on my website that says I'm interested in training, that pops up with an alert. None of my social media pops up with alerts. Right. And so just try to message me on Facebook Messenger. You'll find out. Like, is he going to answer? It's been two weeks. Right. But that's just because I don't like you, Brian. But I, I'll answer eventually. Yes. But when you look at this, so what it, what comes up with your overall status quo bias? What does that entail? OK, and this entails the first thing is preference stability. What does that mean? It means I've decided I like certain things. OK, now I'll reference a, a, my, my friend Grant Cardone. So when you look at that and say Grant Cardone has a style of delivery that's very unique, okay? And there's plenty of automotive, real estate, and all of these executives that bring on his online training for their team when truly about 2% of the population could deliver what he is telling them to deliver as far as what they're saying and how they're saying it. So again, 2% of their sales department will bump up because of it. So again, is that a good thing? But again, stop and look, guys. Status quo, the bias, the preference stability says, I enjoy his stuff, so therefore I will choose to get that for my team. Okay? So remember, my steps to a sale, like, listen, believe, and buy. You got to go through those four. So I got to like you. Then I'll listen to you. If I listen to you enough and then I start liking you more, then I just may believe you. And if I believe you, I can buy from you. And that's friendships. That's relationships. That's sales. Okay. That comes into it. So the first part of it was preference stability. So I like what I like. I don't want to get something that I don't know or have an expertise in. Okay. So if I don't know Brian's stuff and guys, I understand I bought Brian's course. I'm going through Brian's course because I need to know this. It makes me a better sales genius. Okay. You attending these classes and going through this makes you better at selling your next prospect because you're going to sit back and go, I know exactly what Joe's talking about with the status quo bias because certain people prefer a certain delivery method and a certain way of doing things. And so they're going to change less often if they're stuck in the, the preference stability. Okay. Now, if I come up and say, what is the second cause of status quo, right? The second ca cause of it is anticipated regret or blame. 
Do you guys know that as soon as a company gets over 50 people, making a decision to purchase something becomes a group activity of seven or more, right? So here's here's my tip, right? So I, I will tell you, I got people from other states and other places that say, Joe, I really want your training. Can you send me a proposal? And I go, okay, then what are we going to do with that overall proposal? And they go, well, what I'll do is I'll take it to the upper management and I'll do it for you. And I'll sell you like, and I said, nobody sells me like me. Let's be real. Okay. So I know what I can deliver. Everything you're going to do is a third party possible edification or possible destruction of what's there. Okay. Now, again, I don't sell anybody something and say, hey, you know what? Um, it'll cost you $20 a day to have Joe live in your dealer. That That's not going to happen, right? Where they go, 20 bucks, who cares? Do it, right? For $9.99 a month, you can get, no, that's not it, right? It's, it's, that's not the easy pain. My, my training and my stuff has nothing to do with that stuff that's the impulse buy at the checkout line in the grocery store, right? Mine is what you went into the store for. So when you look at, and it's over in the meat section, in the roasts, like the expensive prime rib stuff. Okay, let's get past that. So when you look at that, what are they looking at? They're saying, look, the possibility of regret. So think about this. You got to put seven people in a room to make a decision. Seven people come in and say, I'm going to be make, doing a room here with you of seven people. So what do I do? I do my proposal. Okay. So I'll do my Ron Siegel. I love that comment. He's so true on this one. Thank you, Ron. Joe's prime meat. Thank you. So USDA choice, baby. So looking at this, I will do my proposal, but I will log on to uh, the website screencast, screenocast, and I will go on there and I will review with my microphone, with me in the corner, and I will review that proposal line by line. And then I will take that and I will send them the proposal. And in the email, I'll say, here's a link to an explanation of the proposal. Review it before you talk to management. Okay. And what happens is they go and they watch that video. Now, what did I do with the video? I took that video and I uploaded it to YouTube as an unlisted video, which means you can't watch that video unless somebody sends you the link. So I will put that up there. Then what happens is that person goes and watches it. And then what do they do instead of selling management? They forward the video. They go, here, here's the guy that wanted that I asked for a training proposal. Here it is. And then I start watching the view count go up and go up and go up. And I'm like, okay, we're at seven views. That means the first guy and the six other people that have to help them make that decision in the company have watched it. So I'm going to expect an email back soon that says, hey, let's talk about the proposal live on a meeting. But I will utilize technology to get myself in front of the people I can't get in front of because that helps the like, which gets them to listen, which gets them to believe and to buy, okay? So everybody there is afraid to make a decision, change something and get the blame. And that's why we go to community approval, right? I, I will tell you, even Netta can comment on this one. We have people that want to get approval to buy a car from other people and want us to bless it before they go buy it. They're like, what are your thoughts on this vehicle? 
what are your thoughts on this? And it becomes this general consensus before they've ever gone in to go buy a car. What are your thoughts on Mercedes? What are your thoughts on this? Right. And I'll tell you, my thoughts are whatever store I'm sitting at at the time to say this one's better. Yes. Who, who's which manager's watching me right now? This one's better. But OK, so the possibility of regret or negative conditions will prevent them from moving from their known pain. Of whatever they're dealing with or the fact that they aren't selling enough. And since they're not selling enough. Yes. So Tom Bossick prefers Audi. So, but when you look at that and say, I'm going to choose to not sell more and not get more information or not do something because I'm afraid that if I change something, it may result in something negative. Okay. So that's the second thing. So we got, they want to be, they have their own preferences of what they're looking for. Second thing is anticipated regret or being blamed for that decision. Even CEOs don't want to make a choice now, right? It used to be in the old days, all of a sudden it was the, the training of the month, right? Whoever went to a seminar, right, got on to, they, they went and they read a book and decided we're going to go bring somebody in to train on this book. And then I went to a seminar and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go get this person to come in. And every month we're hitting something with people with something new and they never got a chance to perfect what it is they did because there was no accountability after it. Okay. So now the third step is that they're worried about the cost of action or the cost of change. How much will it cost me in money or in potential risk? Okay, so if I go spend the money and nothing happens. Okay, what if I come in and it shuts down? Like I, I used to laugh all the time, phone systems. Companies have like the most antiquated phone systems out there. And you go, why aren't you changing the Well, because we bought the phone system 12 years ago, bought it outright, didn't lease it. So we're not going to upgrade. We're not going to do that. Right. And then you stop and go, guys, <clears throat> You, you're really hurting yourself because only three calls can come into the switchboard at one time, right? And when, when all three lines are tied up, nobody else gets to do that. But they always stop and think, okay, even if you don't have an explicit cost associated to switching, right? The uncertainty of possibilities of costs later is what's going to cause them to stay there, right? Now, number four, this is what we're guilty of, the selection difficulty, that's the fourth thing that keeps people sitting where it is, is because they have choice overload today. Go type in what you do for a living and go see how many choices on Google pop up. Right. And say, OK, and now if you're on page six, you aren't even considered part of it. So you have to do your outreach. And what happens is when you outreach to people on cold emails and cold you know, text messages and things like that, They most people don't go, oh, well, you must be the obvious choice. Let's go. No, they turn around and go, well, what do you do? Let's actually go after this now. Go after what? Let me go search for who your com competition is. And when, when 10 people show up, they go, I'm not going to do that because it's too difficult to make a choice, right? At one point in the automotive space, we used to print off these grids that had all these down payments, like 10 down payments and 10 terms all the way down the side to try to let the person know. Well, you give it to them. They go, I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. There's way too many choices. Give me two, two options. I can decide between that. If you want to go to three, if I'm a really good decision maker, then I can choose between three. But people are stuck in the fact that they have too many choices. So that's going to go back to what does your marketing say about you? Right? Do you have the same advertising and the same messages that your competition has? right? Your existing clients, your existing people don't want you to be an out of the box, complete break the mold because they've already bought in. Okay. And that's something you have to understand when everybody goes, I'm going to be a disruptor. I'm going to disrupt the market. And you go, you're going to disrupt the market, but make sure you let all your clients know already that you aren't changing you. Because with a second they go, oh my gosh, you're an all brand new person, new thing, then you must not be who I know, like, and trust. So then you go, oh my goodness, stop and think. Now I'm going to go back to automotive because Tyler's on here and he likes automotive, right? And I love car business. But when you go back to automotive and look and say, it's always difficult for a manufacturer to come up and redesign a whole new vehicle. Okay, they put out a whole brand new vehicle. Everybody goes, wait, wait, wait. Do we know if it's good? Do we know if it's not? I don't know if it's going to be there. So then they'll start looking at what is the competitor to that vehicle to see who has one that's released out. That's already been out and proven. So then you cost yourself that client because you're marketing yourself as brand new and completely different when in fact you're just stable and good. Okay, and so go after somebody else as, hey, this is who we are, okay? The clients you have, ensure them that you are exactly who you've always been, that they knew and liked and trust because they have what? Number one, preference stability. I've already decided on you. So use it to your favor that they tend to not choose somebody else because they already know you like you trust you and go through that. So how do I get past this status quo bias that these people are doing, right? For one, we always have companies that go, you understand everybody, this is our best practices. So here's our best practices. Now, if you actually pay attention, those are the things that cost most of the deals, right? You go, oh, I have best practices. My best practices is I do this, this, and this. And then you look and say, but your results suck. And if your results suck, are your best practices getting you the best result? No. And then you may have one person in the sales division that is doing something completely different in order to generate attention and to generate actual activity that gets results, right? Cargo Margo, how many people in your industry are doing live streams on LinkedIn? Zero, except for you. Cargo Margo is the only person out there saying, hey, I'm going to do that. And I'll also point out that she has a fantastic guest this Thursday. USDA choice. Yep. So again, I want to start using this to this, which means what you have. If you go out there and say, I'm completely different, that'll have the opposite effect on the people that are your existing clients. So you have to ensure them that you are still the person you want. So make sure they have that. That's going to keep them from searching elsewhere. Okay. When you go out after somebody else, know that they need to do this, which means what? You need to build them a story. Okay. Now, Kimberly Slavic, 
bless her heart, she does this really well, right? Let's go build out a story, which is what is the end result of switching to you so that they understand that you'll get past the cost, the decisions, the preference thing. So when you turn around and say, look, you're already dealing with people that are training your people. For me, for sales training, you're already doing this. If you're already doing sales training and you're not getting a result, that means you need to find a different trainer to help move you to the next level. Same in physical fitness. If you are the same weight six months down the line, right, you're either totally ignoring that trainer, right, or that trainer doesn't know what they're doing. And they're like, you're right. Do another flight of stairs. That'll well, that'll do it. Keep going. And you're like, but that's not getting me what I'm looking for. So I may have to actually do squats. Okay. But I will tell you, and Netta can attest to this. Every time I go sit down and talk to a nutritionist, I go, hey, how do I, how do I improve my overall fitness and not eat broccoli. Okay. Do not, not going to do it. Right. And so they all go, Oh, but broccoli is, I'm like, I don't care. Right. Combine two other vegetables that are tolerable to get the benefits and I'll do that. Okay. So I want to build them a story that's going to squash the other things. We are the obvious choice. If you're looking to accomplish this, 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 and this, are you going to, is there going to be, talk to them. Is there going to be a, a, an actual cost of changing? There could be a cost of changing, but there's also a cost to staying the same, right? And if you're actually out looking at my proposal, at my thing, then you already know that the cost of doing the same is so great. And how can we change that? So I can tackle the cost of action because their cost of inaction is costing them this. But I got to put it together in a story, right? I can also tell them that if anything goes wrong, it's all because of me, not because of them. So I'm going to take the blame, right? If you, what, What's the easiest way? Money back guarantee, right? If we screw it up, if we go down the line and we screw it all up, I'll give you your money back. They go, oh, okay, great. So now my anticipated regret or blame goes away because it technically didn't cost me anything. So somebody's going to go, oh, you remember that, you know, Netta chose to go do this? And they're like, yeah. And, and you remember we had to pay all this money? No, because they gave it back because they couldn't deliver on what they said right? My, all my agreements are month to month, right? Why are all my agreements month to month? I'm like, I don't have to lock you into six months, right? I have a client who goes, I want you for a year. And I said, you want me for a year? I'm like, you can keep me for five years, but on month to month, no, no, no. I want a one year agreement. So you can't run away partway through. And I'm like, most people don't run away from money. I don't know if you understand that, but I'm like, okay, I'll do a year agreement for you, right? And you know what I gave them? A year agreement with a 30-day out. and <laughs> said, here's your one-year agreement, and if you want to get rid of me in 30 days, you can. Just give me notice, right? So, again, overcome. In my story, when I explain it to them, acknowledge the preference stability. Of course, you are familiar with the people you have now, but... Again, it's not getting you the results. Your lack of act, the lack of action is going to get us the lack of results and it's going to continue to go that direction. Why? Because everything is changing. Every industry is improving. 
every industry is searching for customers. And if everybody's searching, do you know most people are the same thing repackaged a different way? They haven't changed anything. So they haven't changed anything about themselves. They just get another marketing agency that comes in and tells a better story of how great they are. And everybody goes, you are so amazing. You're so amazing. I I need to go sign up with this team. Okay. I'm doing a training with a whole team of people that are not there, but they sit back there. And I talked to them today and I said, do you realize when the manufacturer comes in and spends money on TV, radio, and internet, we get more traffic. Why is that? Because we're top of mind. So are you putting yourself out there for somebody who's actually out looking? And what makes you different? It doesn't have to be that I am completely different than everybody in the industry. Right? We don't pick up your cargo anymore. We don't? Then how do you ship it? How do you... How do you do all this stuff, right? Well, we're not that different. We're still going to do the same reliable process you're used to. We're just going to get you these benefits. We're going to make sure that this doesn't happen. And I'm pretending I know what Margo does, right? I can just pretend that I understand logistics and all that stuff. But, and again, make yourself the obvious choice because you're telling them a story. And that story is going to lay them out the way you want them to actually make the decision as you go through. Okay, like I have an email template that I send out that says I improved my Internet closing percentage by 300 percent within 30 days. Right. And when you open it up and go, this is a quote from this person, because that's the results we got. Right. And then I come back and say, do you want to change? Do you want to do this? You probably don't. But then I can build it out and say, there's a there's a big fear. Acknowledge it. There's a fear of changing to a different unknown entity. Do you know what eliminates the fear of changing to you? Testimonials. Somebody saying, I use this person and here's the results I have. Okay. On my website, if you go to Ingram Interactive or the BDCgenius.com, you'll see success stories as a tab. And when you click on success stories, there's a whole bunch of what we've accomplished that's there. The next step for me is getting video testimonials from these people. Because my clients all stop me to tell me, oh my God, it's so great what you did and this, this and that. There needs to be video testimonials next. Okay. And years ago, when I had Grant come speak to one of our financial services groups, Grant sat down and finished his speech and then walked up to somebody, right? So it'd be me walking up and going, Margo, what'd you get out of today? Right? And Margo goes, oh my God, <laughs> um, I, I, I learned this and this and this and spits it out. And those videos go through the roof because they're real. And there's somebody, the video looks like this is my, the same video my phone takes. So it adds the trust automatically because it looks like mine. If you go stand in front of a wall with a backdrop on it, right? And say, here, this is me. And I'd like to say that I attended this class and this meant the most to me. And and they got this, and you can't see it, right? But then all of a sudden you see the paper come up like this and they're like, and it's, I received the most valuable training I have ever received in the, right? That's not going to get a lot of people to buy in. 
customer testimonials that are raw and real are what go online and let people like you from the beginning based off of a transferred rapport and edification from somebody else. Okay. You can tell me how great you are, but if your clients can't tell me how great you are, then are you really great? Right. I'll say no, you're not. Okay. So differentiate your value. Don't differentiate yourself. Okay. Differentiate the value you bring to them. That's the biggest disruptor. You want to know what a huge disruptor for sales training is? You actually sell more, right? That's a huge one because everybody else is afraid of what? Oh my gosh, the you just need to come pay for my training. You need to come pay for my training. You need to pay for this. No, right? If I need you to come buy this for me, what would make you different is the experience of buying a car or the experience of owning a car long-term utilizing my business to go through. So to me, a salesperson should be the single point of contact for everything that happens inside of a car dealership. You don't need to call service. They don't answer, right? Call me. I'll walk over and set your appointment for you. Okay. And you know what's going to happen when you come in? I'll be standing outside going, hey, how you doing? I can't be the car guy for your family if I'm not the car guy that you have. So I will be there to go, hey, you're coming in even if it's painful and it's early in the morning and go, why are you coming in at seven 30? My shift doesn't start until nine. Okay. But I'll come in, talk to you. And I become the obvious choice when someone at your work says, you know what? We need to get so-and-so a car. You know who you need to talk to? You need to go talk to Joe. Why would I go talk to your guy? Cause I don't even know. No, you need to call him first. Talk to him, give him a chance to at least show you what he does for us and does all that stuff. Right but you need to get your testimonials up there. That'll help overcome status quo. But remember, 60% of the people in your pipeline are sitting there not deciding anything. So make a video, put it up there and say, put it up on YouTube that says, hey, um, you may not be making a decision right now, but here's what I want you to know about us and why the experience is different. Here's the value you get from us that you won't get from somebody else. Do you understand that if they're worried about assigning a new vendor, a new person to deliver something to them, if they're worried about you screwing it up, then you should have a video out there that explains how you don't. That acknowledges, hey, you know what? It's pretty scary going switching vendors, right? Because you don't know us. But let me tell you why you should know us. And this is the value that we bring to this process. Right. Ron Siegel out there loans. Right. He does home loans, does stuff like that. So if you look and say, Ron Siegel, what are you going to do about a home loan that makes it easier for me? What are you going to do that's going to make me sleep easier at night? What can I do? What can you do? What is the value proposition that is different than your other people? Right. Would you like to be treated as a human being instead of a number, right? Would you like to have somebody that actually knows who you are and does this and this, right? Ron Siegel, he can't hide. He has a radio show that he's on every day, right? Call the radio show. You know what he screwed up on? Yeah. So he's going to take it that way. <laughs> you just put Cynthia on there, but 
So, so that's what I'm going to tell you, right? The why change story that you have to build for your client. Go and look for the unconsidered needs, their need that they don't even know that they need. Okay. So go look and say, if I was going through this purchase process, what do I need? The biggest thing I do when I train people is I sit down and go, stop and ask yourself, what would you do if you were trying to do this? Now make it as easy as possible for that person to choose you in every step of the way. So if you sat down and said, well, if I want to be represented as somebody's for real estate, do you show up anywhere when somebody searches for a real estate agent, right? Do, are you doing any kind of outside networking where somebody could get you to know you and refer to you? Are you hitting up your database for referrals, right? Because everyone's going to go out there. How many people have seen the looking for a recommendation on Facebook, right? It pops up. So-and-so is looking for a recommend and they're looking for a restaurant because they're in a new city. And they're hoping somebody can pop up and refer them something. Hey, I need a real estate agent. I need this. Does your, does your overall team know that you're the person to be looking at? If they don't, then that's your first mistake. But you need to come up with, this is the reason you should change to me story. Here's what you need. Here's what you're forgetting that you need. You need 24-hour live support. You need this. You need this. Whatever is unique to you. Okay, whatever their challenge, shortcoming, any missed opportunity that they have that your project project or your prospect doesn't know about their projects most of the time. Right. What is holding them back from their most important business goal? Okay, I can tell you that I don't know what Margot is doing. I don't know what she does, but I know she's out there building a brand for herself. So she's the obvious choice. And when somebody said her name's Cargo Margot on here, for goodness sake. Right. So again, anything cargo related, what would I, if somebody mentioned the word cargo, who's the first person to pop into my head? Who's the per first person I'm going to say, you know, who you need to talk to right here. Let me share her contact. So that's what I'm telling you. Are you actually out there doing it? Are you putting out there? I'm the expert. I'm the person here is why you should change to me based on the, these things. So. 237. I'm three minutes under our 40 minute desired mark for me. So if we have any questions, feel free to type them in. But typically you already do if you did. So I'm going to tell you, thank you, everybody. Get out there, overcome the status bio that they're just sitting back. Right. They're fighting the urge to buy from you. You need to come up with a why change to me story that's going to get them past the status quo bias that they have. And the status quo bias is going to be what it is that's there. So what is it that they're fighting you on? Again, what are they fighting you for? Those four different things that we talked about, right? They want to stay the same because they prefer their own preference that they've had, the anticipated regret and the blame, the cost of their action or making a change, right? And the, the difficulty to choose, make yourself the obvious choice tackle those four areas in one video, in one story for them to make sure you're the obvious choice to change to. So for everybody out there, I want to say thanks for tuning into War Games this Wednesday. And we're here every week. So we'll look forward to seeing you next week and go out and sell something. Thanks.
This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Educated.